Broadcasting live from Atlanta on the plane of Earth, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. I'm Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. Yeah, I'm still here. And today, boy, it's there's a lot to talk about and we sure will. But first, a reminder that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. That puts our little code on there, which tells them that we sent you. And we do that because we think Card Kingdom is great. And they have really excellent customer service and good shipping. And you can ask them for a little button and they will send it to you. And the buttons are funny. And I think it still is the Woo and Wooberg. But who knows? Maybe people have been buying a lot of Zendikar. Also, this show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we really appreciate it. It's been kind of a rough week in the magic community for a couple different reasons that all sort of conflated at the same time to make a lot of the online magic discourse really miserable. Actually, I just sort of stopped reading Twitter and Reddit for a day or two there because it was deeply unpleasant especially this is like the least relevant part but i do want to get it out of the way as a content creator i really don't like having people windmill into my mentions demanding that i take a stand or dispense some kind of hot take on news that's so fresh i've barely had a chance to read it let alone actually ingest it and form a reasonable opinion that's not just a knee-jerk response wait that's not your favorite thing <laughs> no, I I deeply dislike when someone's like, what's your opinion on thing when thing has only barely happened? In fact, I didn't even I was so busy the day that all this it was Monday. I was so busy all day that it wasn't until I finally logged on to Twitter and my timeline like jumped to the most recent that it was already into the part of people complaining about how miserable Magic Twitter was being that day. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what I missed. <laughs> Assuming it was less of a big deal than it all turned out to be. So that's, you know, that's a uh, plus. There's the the added thing of the ongoing assumptions that we are incapable of giving anything more than weak lip service to anything that Wizards does because of the assumption that they somehow control our content or what we say which they do not. God, I wish they just, I just wish we were getting paid so much money by wizards and all we had to do was sell magic cards. Yeah. It would be amazing. I, like, it would just be great if we were just sponsored up the wazoo. We have a great relationship with wizards, right? We don't hide that. They pay us to do the pre-pre-releases and that's awesome. And they send us some free stuff and they give us the preview cards that we get to make the videos of that people just steal the cards from and put on Reddit. And th that that's sweet. Like I, the relationship that we have with them for the PPRs and everything is great, but they don't control this. They don't get to tell us what to say. And, you know, the, 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 the assumption that we are going to be afraid of talking about things that we don't like to endanger that is wrong. Speaking of things we don't like, we're going to, at least for me, we're going to talk about the secret layer stuff a little later. First of all, we're going to start off with the standard banned and restricted announcement because that was the first thing in the week that really sent some people into the realm of tilt and not unreasonably. They banned Uro in standard. How did how did we get to this point? Well, Uro, powerful card, obviously, from Theros, has been making waves since it was printed and has, you know, has had people looking at it to maybe get banned for a while. The situation shortly after standard rotation, like as soon as you can play with the Zendikar Rising cards, was that pretty quickly Four Color Omnath kind of came out in front as the deck to play with just a gigantic metagame share. There's some pretty good screenshots of various standings after round seven or whatever that you're just like all this deck with maybe you know one outlier so this is the deck to play everyone's playing it if they're serious about winning standard tournaments last week and shortly before as soon as you could play uh zendikar on arena and on magic online that always needs to be addressed if that's happening so watsi was going to do something you know uh, organized play was going to gonna do a, a ban on something the fact that they chose uro rather than what seems to be sort of more the important linchpin card omnath in the strategy has people upset and also it plays into this pattern that we've seen where new cards come out they're really really good there's a best deck to play them in and then a few weeks goes by and R&D bans something that's not from the most recent set. It's not the most recent good card, but is an important good card in that deck. I'm under the impression that when it got to the point of the actual banning that 
Uro itself was not even approaching the best card in the Omnath deck, and indeed some Omnath lists had cut the Uro. Correct. So there's a four-color adventures list going around that's that's won some tournaments, I think, or at least made some top eights that relies on Lucky Clover and the Beanstalk Giant for mana. And then if you, I think, still uses Lotus Cobra to get the extra mana out of your land plays and some of the other good landfall cards that are in the Omnath deck, like Omnath, but doesn't play Uro because there isn't space for it anymore when you have these Lucky Clovers and these Beanstalk Giants. So that was before the ban announcement even happened. There was a successful Omnath deck that doesn't play Uro. But even disregarding that, the sort of normal looking, no adventures, just play lands and things that care about lands and then win with Omnath, it can really do it without Uro. Your your important cards here are Lotus Cobra. If you're not familiar, this is a reprint from the first Zendikar. A 2-1 Snake for one and a green with just landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. So you want to have this on turn two. Turn one is just going to be a tap land. And then starting on turn three, Uro is a good play, but Cultivate is pretty much the same. Beanstalk Giant is not bad. And then, you know, as fast as you can get Omnath, and then things can start, sort of start going crazy between Omnath and Escape to the Wilds and then Genesis Ultimatum. So as fast as you can get into these spells, you can start having just oodles of mana on the board. And Uro at this point, although you can win with an Uro, like in any deck that's playing, obviously it's a 6-6 that gains you life, like it's a formidable threat. It's not the plan A of these decks. They're mostly trying to win with like a Genesis Ultimatum into just like a bunch of stuff on the board. Correct me if I'm misrepresenting this, but... I, I I believe that Uro had been a problem, or at least had been considered a problem for some time, and people had been asking for Uro to get at least looked at for bans a while back. And so after the Omnath deck starting to take over for Wizards to then be like, don't worry, we've banned Uro, was kind of like a, what what the heck, what you... I'm sorry. Was did, did we miscommunicate? I think the uh, the thing a lot of people in the community were hoping for was either a ban of Omnath, which you know creates a, a lot of the power of the engine of this deck. You know they call it four color Omnath. It's named after Omnath or multiple cards. Like if you know again for the same reasons they didn't ban Omnath, they're probably not going to ban Lotus Cobra. But if they had banned Genesis Ultimatum, Escape to the Wilds, and Uro, I bet you wouldn't have seen the same reaction where people are like, oh, okay, we're not quite sure what this deck does now. I mean, maybe it turns into that Adventures deck, but I think that usually also requires Escape to the Wilds, and the scariest version still runs the Cobra. It's, yeah, it's kind of a mess. If if you, if you're willing to concede the notion that Watsi's not going to ban a brand new card that's still, you know, moving the packs, then what do they do? And it, it yeah, it becomes kind of a trickier puzzle. But certainly... You know, you're still going to enter into standard queues right now and run into the same bullshit of like landfall triggers and just, you know, your opponents popping off, as it were, and and you being left with like, well, maybe that's just the best thing for me to do still. And it's the format's going to kind of look the same. That's my impression, at least. I haven't played a lot, been watching a bit of Magic and reading deck lists. As far as I understand it, also, this feeds into kind of a longer running ongoing complaint that a lot of the most powerful cards that have come out and been a problem are all sort of kind of in this blue green ramp realm right yeah to speak sorry you mentioned that there were calls to ban uro six months ago and after theros uro was like one of three really important pieces of the Bant control deck. You wanted to have Uro, you wanted to have Teferi, and you wanted to have Elspeth Conqueror's Death. And so people were really tired of all three of those together. And Uro was kind of like the newest, scariest one. Elspeth Conqueror's Death just seems like a value engine, with which next to those two was ex- ex- exceptionally powerful. Hmm. But I think it's probably the last card that would have had the ban target just because it's five mana. Blue-green ramp keeps being good. Or just blue-green in general, the Oko decks weren't necessarily ramping. True. But it maybe feels the same. It's sort of, even if you don't have a ton of mana with an Oko, you have like a sense of inevitability because your card is so powerful. We were talking to Ben about this, and I was saying, what whatever happened to Questing Beast? Because that was like a ridiculously powerful mythic that was showing up in, you know, in like, it seemed like all the standard decks. And now it's like, 
even questing beast with all its text its pages of text doesn't seem to be you know as disgustingly powerful yeah absolutely you know r.i.p questing beast consigned to the dollar mythic bin probably (laughs) i don't know like yeah like the other card that i'm surprised isn't going around that might give some insight into the power level of standard is rada art of killed right Mm. like a courser of crew fix that doesn't show your opponent the card not being good enough for standard right like wow jesus i had your that's a good point i mean she 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 doesn't have four toughness right that's an important thing for courser but like that this should be a good card right she also sometimes attacks for 20 though like let's not put that one yeah oh yeah yeah sorry yeah my (laughs) i mean it's possible we'll see questing beast back the the next set if they give us a powerful green one drop to replace pelt collector the rest of this pretty decent mono green stompy deck is still basically around from the previous format yeah i i hope we can hope we see some strong green cards (laughs) the one that surprises me the most is embercleave because before got like going into this season you know i I read some tweets that were just like well how many days is embercleave going to last because you know between the banned cards and the cards from guilds of ravnica block rotating it seemed like the red deck might be poised because embercleave is like another one of those boogeyman of the format but there's just not enough of the like meat and potatoes of the red deck left, I guess, to push through a strong red strategy. So hopefully that'll change with the next set release too. So a lot of the, I mean, everything kind of came to a head all at once. So it's hard to sort of pinpoint exactly what happened on, on Monday. But as far as bands are concerned, it seems that there was a lot of frustration. I mean, is still a lot of valid frustration about the state of standard in general certainly insofar as Omnath even being printed. Omnath is gross, by the way, as a card. It's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that even after it being very clear very quickly just how gross Omnath was for Wizards to look at that and go, okay, well, we're going to ban Uro then seemed like kind of... I, I get the impression people took it almost as an insult to our intelligence. Of just like, oh, great, thanks. Thanks for fixing the problem. Yeah, as it turns out, Uro was not an imposter. (laughs) Well played. Thank you. Thank you. I stole that from the internet. We put Uro into the airlock, but there are still imposters remaining. (laughs) Loading, ready, run. Filtering down the very best of Magic Twitter just for you. Uh, I love it. Sorry, it's it's weird. It's like, you know, the time soup that we're in kind of changes your perception of things a little bit. And obviously, like, no one's playing F&M, really. So what is a paper release doesn't matter so much anymore or doesn't mean anything but time of recording is actually the first day that you're legally allowed i think to play zendikar rising cards are you serious i think so, unless i'm off by a week but definitely this ban is extremely early into you know a set's release and it has to do partly with the fact that they they let you play with the cards on arena and on mtgo earlier than they used to versus the like paper pre-release and paper release days but right. last week it was last week was it just last week? Okay, did you check? Okay, thank you, James. So it wasn't before the release of the set, but it was... It's still really early. Three days into the paper release, right? Because the ban happened on Monday, mm-hmm. and you were you technically could have been playing a paper tournament on Friday. So it's just mind-bogglingly quick that that happened. And that, that has largely to do with this, you know, and they explained this in the announcement, and they've explained it a few times this year, that the pace of change in Magic is different now because almost everyone's playing online, so we're all just in one big tournament together, and we're going to figure out kind of the best version of of the four color omnath deck a lot faster than we would if it was like you know week by week ptqs and trying to figure out what's happening two states over and watching the best players at your fnm and slowly the tech kind of comes together but yeah that's another thing that's worth talking about even even in the world of playing tons of arena it's just sad (laughs) that they had to ban a card you know to fix this format three days in right especially since it seems like it didn't actually fix anything yeah it was you know very very tuxedo mask meme of like my work here is done but you didn't do anything goodbye i mean uro is a great card like if you're not playing four color omnath and you're trying to beat it i bet it's a little easier now like one of the tweets I read or, you know, things I saw, Ben, our, our Ben too, was playing this deck, Blue Black Rogues, and either he or another Blue Black Rogues pilot mentioned, you know, if you do get through the early game and they don't have the kind of nut draw and you can start to take control, one of the things that wrecks you is just like milling multiple Uros 
or yeah. you know yeah like if they can keep recurring uro in the late game after you can otherwise kind of counter their spells from hand and deal with their their pressure or whatever keep them off ramping you could still just l- lose to uro so at least one other kind of cool kind of new deck doesn't have that specific problem so it's not that it does nothing but it doesn't wildly reshape the metagame like most bands tend to like usually it's like if there's a ban it's one or more cards and then there's an adjustment you know it's like the energy cards getting banned like that changed standard you know yeah stoneforge missed getting banned changed standard maybe the omnath decks can splash black for roxa if they can find the space for a second color in their mana base (laughs) (laughs) yeah may as well go all five yeah from a from a lore angle, do you think Omnath's going to get there eventually? To being banned? Oh, to being five colors? No, to to being five color. He has to, right? Yeah, I think I think when this card was spoiled, we talked about it that like the only thing Omnath is currently missing is like a black, probably discard clause or maybe drain. Sorry, I'm in my dumb little monkey brain over here trying to imagine what it means in the lore to get banned out of a constructed format. Um, like, is that like Journey to Nowhere? They do have those on Zendikar. You'd think that Omnath would have had to take one by now. I think it's like when Nahiri puts you in stone. If you've become a clue token, you're no longer legal. <clears throat> Maybe they just put like a no X's sign, right? On the plane. Right. And Omnath is just like, but I live here. I'm like, sorry, I don't know what to tell you, buddy, but um, you're not allowed to play here anymore. Omnath looks at other Omnath that's on the other side of the sign and points to it points yeah. to him, him itself or whatever and is like look and then the person behind the signs like that's why it says omnaths yeah we we can have omnath locus of man there but, okay uh, yeah so the other thing that happened also on monday that arguably i don't think it's arguable that has definitely been the larger matter of consternation is the walking dead secret lair and this this whole thing has made me upset like the whole like the secret layer the reaction to it the discourse around it everything is just it's been angry and upsetting to be observing and tangentially a part of and no part of this has been remotely pleasant you know that gif of the dumpster fire that's in the flood and it's like getting it's going down the street because the streets are flooded yeah and there's like a dumpster with fire in it yeah if you've spent enough time on Magic Twitter this week, it maybe feels like that dumpster is your house. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Pirates of the Caribbean music is playing. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. fill you in, in case you are unaware, I'm going to fill you in on basically everything that we know now. And I'm glad that we're recording it today rather than Monday, because a lot of other stuff has happened since Monday. Also, Wizards did a stream yesterday where they answered some questions. Whether or not you like the answers, they did actually answer the questions, and so I'll talk a little bit about that as well. A couple weeks ago, maybe it was a couple weeks, maybe it was a month ago, again, time soup, they said that there was going to be a forthcoming secret lair that was a IP crossover with the AMC television series The Walking Dead, which, while not at the zenith of its pop culture relevance, is still quite popular. The show itself is still on the air. We're five years into a spinoff. Like, they're... You know, the the show is trucking along. And after the other sort of pop culture crossovers that have happened before, like, for example, the Comic-Con or Hascon promos with Transformers or My Little Pony, or more recently, the Godzilla stuff with Ikoria, the general reaction to that announcement was like, oh, okay, weird choice of IP, but Sure, fine, whatever. You know, like, generally speaking, reactions to the initial announcement ranged from, like, I don't like that, to, like, eh, you know, whatever. Or, you know, some people were like, oh, cool, I love The Walking Dead, and that's sweet. I More people like The Walking Dead than I think anyone cares to admit. There's a lot of, like, what's up with, the, why this dead television show? Like, not, they don't mean it in a joking way. They're like, this, this show's, no one watches the show anymore. I, people, I don't, I never have, but it's like, People watched the show. On Monday, they started actually spoiling the cards. And part of that was that these cards would be mechanically distinct and legal in eternal formats. Blackboarded. Yeah, there were black border cards that were legal in eternal formats and mechanically distinct, meaning that they would do things, they would have rules text on them that would be unlike any other card in Magic. So if you wanted a card that did exactly this, this was your only way to get it. So that means it's a 
secret lair drop that's only available from October 4th to 12th. It's a premium price item, and it's the only way to get these cards that are legal in Legacy or Commander. And that's been a big problem <laughs> for Wizards. I want to get this out of the way at the, at the top. I don't like it. I don't like that. Yeah. I think that's a bad idea, and we'll get into sort of why. But I just want to make it really clear. I'm going to be explaining Wizards' reasoning for this, and I don't want you to think that that's me defending it. I don't like it. Also, and this is like not even the most relevant part. This is a very like irrelevant part and totally subjective. I supremely dislike the art. It's hyper realistic and I I really really don't like it. I a lot of people suggested they could have done something with taking some notes from the Walking Dead comic book that the series is based after or making them more stylized. I the photorealistic drawing it just sort of flips the whole thing even further into this weird uncanny valley realm that i am really not a fan of i like glenn and the and the zombie tokens <laughs> uh, so there's another funny thing is that they're not zombie tokens they are <laughs> walker tokens and there's now a note in the magic comprehensive rules that a walker token is considered a zombie oh me oh my i yeah. didn't even catch that that's annoying Yes, exactly. Uh, See, and this leads into something that will... I didn't realize they had pissed off later. judges, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everybody disliked that. It's like I was in the soup line for the at the garbage fire, and I didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, no, sorry. Brief correction. The token creature does, in fact, have a subtype line that is zombie. But there is still a note in the comprehensive rules that says that walkers are zombies. Oh, right. Sorry. No, this is important because it has to do with how tokens are created and it's still it actually is still a minor hey for judges obviously it's great that the tokens say zombie on them but if for whatever reason you don't have your tokens that came with your secret layer product that you bought and you only have the card the card itself doesn't tell you that they're creature type zombies which is unlike magic like it's like other games do that but generally all you need to play is the cards and the cards tell you how to play the game so if the card tells you to create a walker token can you use a zombie token i mean you would be misrepresenting the name of this card because the name of zombie token is zombie but we allow people to be like yeah this d6 is a zombie yeah exactly and like we also just you know use little scraps of paper or we use the back of ad cards and stuff so yeah. in the same way yeah it's totally fine and it's only going to matter if someone casts maelstrom pulse right right anyway this is like the least important part of this whole thing so some of the discussions that have come up are you know what if what if one of these cards is for example relevant in legacy the example that's being used is glenn uh, a couple of people are like this could actually be a relevant card so glenn is one white blue for a one three legendary human advisor with skulk which means it can't be blocked by creatures with greater power and whenever glenn deals combat damage to a player draw cards equal to his power and so the issue is like okay what if i want to run that in a legacy deck i need four of this secret lair or somehow i have to have acquired four of these cards from the secret lair and then the barrier to getting these cards that are now legal in older formats is unprecedented it's just this this barrier is massive Gross, I think, is the word you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, because of what we've seen in the past, people were like, why are they not just silver bordered? Why are you not just doing like the Godzilla treatment, right? Why are you making totally new cards that are playable in Vintage and Commander that you can only get as this premium purchase that even not everyone in the world can get because Secret Lairs don't ship to a whole bunch of places. And the places that do have pretty high shipping speaking of someone from canada and so it's yeah people have been i think rightfully upset by this because this is it's so different from it, it's it's so many changes all at once and don't much care for it also not a very big fan i don't like the walking dead that doesn't preclude other people from liking it but uh, it soured me instantly on these cards right and they have said that i don't know if this comes up in the stream and we want to talk about it later but that these cards will eventually be analogs of the godzilla cards and that they will have mechanically identical printings and will count as those cards 
Yeah, Mark Rosewater clarified that recently. I, he didn't say, like, will, but... Yeah, I, I, the, that's what I thought, too. I thought he said could. During their stream, which was Blake Rasmussen sort of moderating between Mark Hagen, who's a product architect who works for Secret Lairs, and Aaron Forsyth, who's very high at Wizards of the Coast, between them and the audience, basically, though the actual chat room was unmoderated and completely useless and miserable and full of copy pasta and rage both justifiable and perhaps a little excessive the biggest question was why are these not silver bordered or why are these not the godzilla treatment so here's their answers for that the silver border question aaron forsyth said that he spoke with mark rosewater because silver border magic is sort of mark rosewater's world though i kind of don't feel that this is a aside from me i don't feel that Mark Rosewater is able to tell them to not print something in Silver Border if that decision comes down from up on high, but regardless. Spoke to Mark Rosewater, and they consider Silver Border to be the realm of cards that can't happen in Black Border Magic. So stuff like the Transformers set or the My Little Pony set, where there are rules text on those cards that don't actually function in regular magic or stuff like unstable where you can sort of infer how it's supposed to work but there's a lot of like what do you think it does it probably does that and they wanted to make these cards actually playable so they they wanted to make these cards good functional cards that people would actually want to buy and play with so that's that's their reasoning also why not do them Godzilla style, where you had it be like, Glenn, the voice of calm, and then the smaller text underneath for what this creature actually is. And all they said there was because whatever creatures these would be normally didn't currently have a home. That, like, there's nowhere for them to put those designs right now, so they didn't. Which is... So it's kind of partly a timing thing, I guess. I find that to be an unsatisfactory response because I think if they had wanted to do that, they could have just designed the cards and found a home for them later. Like they've done that before. Yeah, just wait. Okay. I I don't believe there is some sort of grand conspiracy, but I do think it's worth noting that they talked about why The Walking Dead. That was the other big question is like, why of all things The Walking Dead? And the reasoning they gave which they're being, I think, unnecessarily made fun of for this being taken out of context of Aaron Forsyth saying that The Walking Dead is, oh, I can't remember exactly the quote, but it's like, is, you know, like, makes sense in magic or something like that. What, what he said in the stream is, if you look at it from under the realm of who is all under the big tent at a Comic-Con, the Walking Dead makes sense as a property to include in magic. And I don't even necessarily disagree with that, right? Like, we're not doing a secret lair on The Real Housewives or Law & Order. You know, this is a TV show that definitely exists in the same kind of geek spaces as something like Magic the Gathering. Maybe the the world building of The Walking Dead is less of a stretch away from the world building of Magic the Gathering than, say, Star Wars like, is that kind of where this is going? Like, no, I mean, I think I like some people were, or is it just the same fans? I, I don't even think that it's necessarily about fandom crossover. I think it's more about, you know, what he said literally is, is these are both booze that you could find at a Comic-Con. And that's true. Like, I, I don't even, you know, based all the way back on the original announcement being like, we're making a secret lair of The Walking Dead. I'm like, oh, weird choice. But that doesn't like that doesn't offend me i'm not like what that makes absolutely no sense i can't remember where i was going with this i mean if we're looking forward to secret layers of just booths you could find at comic-con that could be some good news yeah, and there's it's implied there's more coming because of how aaron forsyth answered a later question where it was you know like you know how often do you see things like this happening in future and he said well i hope more than never in a in a way that implies that there's certainly more of these coming. So in any case, that's the why The Walking Dead. That's that's the answer they gave. I Again, that's like 
to me, that's not my problem with this. And someone was asking, you know, do these cards now, is this, are they now part of magic canon? Like is Atlanta a plane in the multiverse with these people in it? And he's like, no, no, no. And he points to the holofoil stamp at the bottom and how it is triangular rather than the normal planeswalker one that you see on cards. And he says, this means that it's a real magic card, but these are not characters in the world of magic. And that definitely is like, oh yeah, we've planned for there to be more of this. Like this is a, we've worked out a visual treatment for these cards. There's going to be more things, more things coming. Yeah, no, that that puts a knot in my stomach when I think of the clear one coming up or what could be a very clear one coming up with Strixhaven. Oh God. Oh boy. Yeah, no. If we thought our Twitter was on fire last week. Yeah. Oh, I remember where I was going with that, why I was talking about The Walking Dead earlier. So, because I was like, I don't want to, you know, be trying to stir any sort of conspiracy theorism but what they did not talk about on that stream is because this isn't even something worth like hiding so i kind of wish that they just talked about it is that the walking dead is produced by entertainment one which is owned by hasbro so this is just an in-house thing mark hegan who's the senior product architect whose primary job is secret layers worked at amc for many years before and like doing like product integration and cross promotional stuff at AMC before coming to Wizards of the Coast. So like why the Walking Dead? Because like it 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 it's not actually like I I buy that it's like yeah sure it makes sense because it's you know like it's a kind of the the works in the same sort of geek spaces. But actually why the Walking Dead? Because they own the property. Like it's it's Hasbro. Being like, oh, let I let my children play together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the path to production was clear. Yeah. Right? Like, I just, I feel real bad for anyone who has to, like, there's some unpleasant characters. Well, there's one unpleasant character in this set, right? And that's that's with heavy italics as well, right? Like, uh, Negan. Yeah. Is. <laughs> He's a villainous tyrant. Yeah, like not. E- this isn't just like, oh, you know, he's a mustache twirling villain. No, he he's evil, right? Like, and an evil in a way that is not that does not show up in other villainous cards in Magic: The Gathering, right? This is not like Bolas. Yeah, it's a lot easier to abstract, you know, like, well, a card of a villain is not celebrating the villainy when it is a planar dragon who's bent on multiverse domination, as opposed to a very realistic depiction of a human character who has done horrible things. And I know that that's a problem that some people have raised as well as a concern. Yeah, it really, it kind of takes the violence away from the cartoony violence that we're used to, I guess, in our, you know, children's card game that real children do play and brings it into a, like a, you know, a much more sober and potentially, you know, triggering way. So I don't see why either of those other treatments couldn't have happened, frankly. Like, I listened to the stream, I heard Aaron's reasoning, and I buy those as their reasoning. Like, I, I, I don't think that they necessarily have ulterior motives, because I think their motives are they want people to buy it. That's not an ulterior motive, that that's the motive. They want people to buy these things. They want people to play with them. They want them to be playable so that people are more interested in buying them. But I don't see any reason why they couldn't have been silver bordered because, I mean, as far as commander goes, I was just talking about this on Twitter this morning. If somebody rocks up to a commander pod at a magic fest and is like, yo, my commander's Grimlock, I'm, I'm going to be like, assuming it's unsanctioned, right? I'm going to be like, all right, sure, whatever, let's jam. You know, if someone shows up and they got their silver bordered Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead and they'll be like, yeah, my commander is Daryl. It's like, all right, sweet. Let's, let's do, let's hunt some zombies. Sure. The, I think the barrier presented by silver bordered cards is overstated by wizards. Similarly, I think if they had just done the Godzilla thing, I think it would have been really smart actually to, you know, work this out with like commander legends for example, and have these be secret previews, basically, of cards yeah. upcoming in Commander Legends. I'm just realizing that now, just as you're saying it. Are we the only people to figure out this could have been five real magic cards with the italics names? No. That's that's pretty... I, I would guess. And this is a big, uninformed guess. What What is the what is the Reddit 
I-A-N-A-L. I'm not a lawyer. Hmm. I would guess this is a branding thing, right? Even in-house, I would assume that there is some branding people. Some There are branding people somewhere who are like, no, if we're doing this, it is not this who is actually this. You are either using the name or you're not using it at all, right? It has to be unambiguous in some way. Therefore, it's not a zombie. It's a walker. Yeah. Period. But if Hasbro owns this and Hasbro also owns Godzilla... Like, why the difference, right? Hasbro doesn't own Godzilla. Oh, my bad. Okay. Maybe that's the difference. They just, like, need their other IP to, like, be more on brand and solidified. Like, you know, the Daryl card is really Daryl. Yeah. Because we also own The Walking Dead and we want you to buy The Walking Dead, too. I don't know. I I found the reasoning for why they weren't Godzilla style of because we don't have anywhere to put those cards right now to be a pretty weak reasoning. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like to do a little bit deeper dive into uh, the point you made at the beginning of talking about this, which is just like why it's frustrating that these mechanically unique legacy and commander legal cards are only available in secret layer. Yeah, please. And so just for for anyone who doesn't already feel that like, you know, gut wrenching kind of disappointment at this announcement, where it's coming from is that although magic is a fairly expensive hobby, everyone still plays within their budget. And for most players, you know, within a given format that they choose, they want to be able to kind of creatively explore the sandbox to the fullest extent. So, you know, in Commander and Legacy, the cards can be uh, really expensive sometimes already. That's true. But if you've decided to kind of make the plunge, then, you know, you should already know what you're, what barriers you're getting, you're trying to get past, like you're trying to get past, you know, buying dual lands and buying fetches, or you decide that that doesn't matter, but you're, you're going to go for something else. Anyways, everyone has a budget. And if you take something that is an idea that you might be interested in. Like we talked earlier about how some people think Glenn might be playable. I'm guessing that Glenn's not. I wonder, I wondered about Rick. Rick just got spoiled just before we took to the podcast. And like, if Rick was in modern, I think definitely it would be a real card. Rick seems incredibly strong. Just yeah. as a quick yeah, like, rundown, Rick is two white, white for a three, four human soldier. As Rick enters the battlefield, it's Rick's steadfast leader. As he enters the battlefield, choose two abilities from among First Strike, Vigilance, and Lifelink. Humans you control have each of the chosen abilities, and as long as you control four or more humans, humans you control get plus two, plus two. That is a commander card if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I think that one actually broke Sheepum's heart. Yeah. Anyways, what I was trying to say is just if you feel like you, you know, play the format, whatever your format is, and these cards are legal in it now, it just it just hurts to have to, you know, either shell out extra for this or know that you're not going to play it because you're taking a stand or just because you can't afford it because they're extra expensive and they do these unique things like that. You know, that's part of the joy of playing magic is like building decks and, and theorizing what should come next in, in all the decks that you're building. And, you know, it's just the cards are already hard enough to get <laughs> like, you know, Mostly as a community, we're kind of against the secret layers as like Watsy selling singles. And now they've like, they've really kind of crossed the border from like, oh, we're selling fancy signals to just like, we're just selling singles and the stores aren't allowed to sell them. You know, beforehand, it's like, we're only selling packs. So, you know, it is a bit of work to get the cards you want, but at least you have like your friendly local gaming store there to kind of help you with that. And now they've been like cut out of the equation, which is like a whole nother part. Probably a lot of game store owners are feeling slapped in the face this week. But yeah, it's just it's just disappointing not to have that same access to your hobby once you've invested in it. And very related to that is you look at the BioBox promos. When they introduced the BioBox promo with Firesong and Sunspeaker, Sunseeker, whatever, the, the Minotaur friends. The Minotaur. Yeah. yeah. It was a mechanically distinct card that you could only get by buying an entire booster box, which is a huge barrier to entry. That particular card wasn't groundbreaking, so people were like, eh, you know, don't really like it, but whatever. And, well, not whatever. I mean, you know, some people were still very not not okay with it. And then they printed Nexus of Fate as a buy a box promo. And that was a huge problem, because it's like, well, this is a card that is a four of in a very powerful standard deck, and the only way to get it is by having bought an entire booster box. And not that long ago, Wizards said, all right, we've heard you. You don't like that we made mechanically distinct cards as buy a box promos, so we're going to stop doing that. 
and then they do this, which is arguably worse. And I'm kind of baffled. Yeah. Like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you said it. It's very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. Something else I want to hit on, though, is the, something else that I found really frustrating is, God, just the vitriol being thrown at the Commander Rules Committee and the Commander Advisory Group, in particular today, because they announced that they would not be banning these cards. Because there's there's nothing... is. You can go and read their post, but the the it sort of breaks down to there's nothing in their charter about what they want to do as the Commander Rules Committee that makes it so that they should ban these. And there was a part of it, the part of their blog post where they said that, you know, people have been like literally harassing them in some cases, but asking them to ban these cards to send a message to Wizards of the Coast. And they're like, that's that's not that's not what the commander ban list is for. Like, I please, please have some goddamn empathy that they have been put in a pretty rough spot here. They did not ask for this, and I do not care that there is one member of the rules committee and one member of the commander advisory group that are also wizard staff. I don't give a shit. The hatred and vitriol being thrown at these people that did not ask for this problem is unacceptable i'm i'm so so disappointed yeah agreed yeah like you gotta recognize what is the commander rules advisory and or the advisory group and the the committee there are people that love playing commander that are taking you know time away from their families and their commander games and their other hobbies and sleep to like try to improve the game you know they're this isn't their job this is something they do because they like believe in it the fact that they were willing to meet within the week after this is announced like they met before rick was even previewed maybe they get to see it faster sometimes they get they get previews that's very nice of them like they (laughs) they're being really good to you and if you if someone does something nice for you and you come back at them with just like spewing bile, they're not going to want to do nice things for you anymore. Dad Nelly out. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling much the same way. Like there's, you know, like content creators didn't ask for this. The rules committee didn't ask for this. Uh, I sure as hell didn't ask for this when I woke up on Monday. I don't like any part of this. This has just been a miserable week. And I think that this secret lair was a, just a big mistake. I have one more problem with it. And it, if you're a loyal listener and you listen to us ramble at each other an hour a week, you may remember that I was looking forward to the secret layer because I am a fan of the walking dead. I haven't watched the show, but I read like 30 volumes of the comic book. I'm behind on the comic book now, but it just kept going. The comic book, by the way, is just like a behemoth. The author and, and illustrators like just have been doing it for decades. Uh, it's really cool. Definitely the first five years, 10 years of the story I found very riveting and then it it seemed I kind of felt like it was getting diminishing returns but anyways I am a fan I do like the comic book style too by the way the art would have been sweet I thought maybe that's what we were getting but even if we didn't we just got depictions of the characters like from the show or from the books I would have been fine with that too I didn't I'm not a huge fan of the way the art uh, looks as you were saying similarly Graham although I think Glenn is okay and I think the walker tokens are okay but I'm just disappointed that we aren't getting any like Godspell style cards. I was sort of hoping to see cards that already exist in Magic because there's so many zombie cards and there's a bunch of cards, characters that fight zombies and characters that run from zombies and things that zombies do. You know, I was just kind of hoping that we would get like a cool, you know, Liliana card or something that is a picture of someone from The Walking Dead. That's the smallest amount of disappointment nestled inside the uh, babushka dolls of uh, garbage that was this announcement. And I fundamentally don't mind doing a fun secret lair for uh, some other IP. Like people have been making all kinds of jokes about other intellectual properties that would look stupid as magic cards. I I'd like no F it, bring them on. You like honestly, I, if there was a secret lair Shrek, that, <laughs> hilarious. You know, silver border, I'll buy it. Right, like that's silver border magic lets you do the fun stuff like this i i i don't see why these 
I mean, sorry, I do see why. The reason that they're Black Border, that they're good cards, that they're actually playable is because they wanted to make good playable cards that people wanted to buy and play because they are trying to sell them. That's why. And I think that was a mistake. Yeah, the, the, the reaction to other IPs is you see a lot of fan art, right? Yeah. Right, like I, the jokes about like, oh, now are we going to have like Luke Skywalker in, in Magic? It's like, well, I've seen that alt. I've seen that alter. Yeah, right. That sounds awesome. Bring it on, right? Do like a do like a sort of light and shadow with a lightsaber. Hell yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> there, there are artists who who spend their time at conventions doing alt art re- repaintings or uh, alters of of their cards. Right, like Liliana of the Veil vale has about a billion alt arts. I just mm. and so here's the thing: the only way really to speak to wizards and Hasbro in this situation is with money right because like people have given the feedback in polite and useful ways and deeply not polite and wholly awful ways wizards knows how people feel about this and that's irrelevant so the only way that this is going to stop being the problem that it is is if it doesn't sell well and here's the thing i don't know how well this is gonna sell because the walking dead still has its fandom but it's not at the zenith that it was i don't imagine that there's a lot of walking dead fans who aren't already into magic who would buy this and there's a lot of people in the magic community who just won't buy it on on principle because of all the things we've already discussed like i i kind of wonder who who is actually gonna buy this i mean there's collectors certainly there's you're always going to sell some amount just because it is a magic collector product. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who's super keen for this. So maybe it just won't sell very well. I mean, like that, that's true. I think wizards also needs to know why it doesn't sell well. Right. Because something not selling well could be due to a variety of factors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like feedback on why people don't like this should be valuable. But it has to be like not abusive. Yeah, I I think they've I think at this point they've gotten the message. I think they've gotten plenty of both is what I'm saying. I think they've gotten the feedback of why everyone does not like this articulated well. And I think they've also gotten plenty of well of abuse. Yeah. Also, the opinion that like if you don't like it, don't buy it shouldn't be controversial. Right. I've seen that floated around and people like as as if it's a revolutionary take and it's just. No, that's life, right? You don't like something, go and do something else if you can. I also, I mean, it's anytime something like this happens, you get all the same sort of arguments show up again, you know, that like, well, Wizards is a company and companies exist to make money. So they are obliged to make all the money that they can. It's like, yes, obviously that we know that that's why they do everything that they do. That doesn't defend this, right? It's like, yes, they can do that. Not in this way. (laughs) They can do it in the ways that they have done it, that they've shown that people also enjoy. Okay, and along with the uplifting news that maybe this set will just flop and people won't buy it, I would like to point out that, you know, Wizards, the company, you know, is guilty of the same things that all the other corporations are, like we've just said. But that the designers, I think, did a pretty good job on this set. And, like, you know, I know the designers, like the people, who, the humans that work, at wizards have to put up with all the you know the vitriol that we've been talking about and that's terrible and garbage as well like you know they still deserve respect even if one of one or many of them make mistakes or if this product is a mistake i still think the cards are like kind of cool and they're well designed and in you know in general well we talked about how standard keeps falling apart but (laughs) i still appreciate them yeah i mean the card like (laughs) the cards mechanically seem pretty sweet to be honest yeah, I really like the the Negan card. Like that effect has a lot of play to it. And I'm trying to figure out if Daryl is just like way too sketchy or is kind of awesome. I think Daryl seems pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I'm leery about giving my opponent six power. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll never play with her against it, so. I mean, yeah, like just one other thing. And another thing. Oh man, is it weird to hear like, you know, my commander is Daryl. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> right? Like I know we've had Bob. <laughs> But that's a colloquial, like, that's a nickname, right? That's a diminutive. Like, it's just weird to have Rick. I equip Umazawa's Jite to Glenn, right? <laughs> also, actually, wait, no, I do equip Umazawa's Jite to Glenn. Holy moly. 
Yeah, that's powerful. I should I should clarify that when I say I'll never play with or against it, I mean like statistically speaking, based on just the number of these that will get out there in the wild. If someone sat down and said, yo, my commander's Daryl, I'm not going to scoop up my cards and walk, as some people have suggested they will. I, I just think in that case, you are hurting the wrong people. I'd, I'd have issues with Negan, honestly. Yeah, I think that's but, fair. Uh, yeah. But I mean, there's people who have said that they will refuse to play against someone using these cards from a moral position of mm. objecting to the notion that they even exist. And I, I mean, that's your call. That's I, I wouldn't do that. But I, like, I don't know if someone sits down and they're like, hey, what's up? I got my commander. It's Glenn. Check it out. I'm going to be like, all right, let's sure. Let's go. It's been an important week for remembering the Magic the Gathering is partly something you create and partly something for which you were along for the ride. Yeah. And it's it's definitely felt it's it's felt like a wild ride this week. I tell you what, I don't know. I don't know if we've added anything of use to this conversation but it's the only thing that's happened so it's like it's i don't know what else there would have been to talk about but you know if if we're the only place that you get your your magic news from there's you know there are the takes hey i watched you lose spectacularly on our clip from channel fireball yes i did that yeah god that game how dare anyone fog ever That game, we had that game, and it went for turns and turns and turns and turns and turns and turns and turns. And then, you know, I think it was like a chat gets bored moment of like, uh, you got lethal, just swing. Like, oh, you know what? I do have lethal, and I don't even die on the crackback. Seems great. Let's do it. And then, yeah, the the fog into Morag was just like, oh, whoops. Everything I just said was wrong. Yep. Yeah, it turns out I didn't have lethal and was dead. On the crack, but, <laughs> yep, but uh, hey. My heart goes out to you. We, hey, we, we got number one on the, the plays of the week. We've only once have we ever gotten a clip on plays of the week for doing something cool. <laughs> Usually it's when we biff it horribly. I remember making play of the week once or plays of the week once. I forget what it was even for, but it was definitely like a Cameron got owned moment, I think. <laughs> I'm fine with it. We're not called tap tap win the game. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm here to get dunked on, really, like theatrically dumpstered. Yeah, I, I live to be the human incarnation of I'm a genius. Oh no. <laughs> well, I, I I guess that will do it because I don't really know what else more there is to say. I'm I'm sure you will let us know in the comments. But until next time, this show has been brought to you by our good friends at Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR and also by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So until next time, I've been Graham joined by Cameron. Bye. And Nelson. Get your ballot in the mail. James ran the card reader and Jordan does the audio editing on these now and Heather does podcast admin. So thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next time.